The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Medtronic. Medtronic is dedicated to the pursuit of life-transforming health tech. From AI to robotics and beyond, we're reinventing what's possible, and we're just getting started. Visit Medtronic.com to learn more. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's listeners like you in 181 different countries that have made Negotiate Anything the most popular negotiation and conflict resolution podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, professor, and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Before we get started, I have two quick questions for you. Is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If you answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Tom, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Kwame. No, it's our pleasure. Glad to have you. So how would you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure, great. Well, yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Uh, so my name's Tom Eisner, and I'm a co-founder of Common Page. Before launching Common Page, well, so let's take it back 10 years now. I came to the United States about 10 years ago as a lowly intern at Citibank. Uh, spent 12 months there, and during that time, I met my now wife, and, you know, the rest is history. I'm sort of living my own personal version of the American dream. I went from Citibank to technology, and April 2019 launched Common Page to really try and eliminate some of the confusion which can pop up during negotiations, which I think we're going to touch on later. Absolutely. Yeah. So Common Page is a really, really interesting technology, especially as it relates to the communication abilities of, of, of people during a negotiation. So can you give us a quick synopsis on, on what that is? Sure. So Common Page is a collaboration platform, but it's built for external collaboration. So when two sides, uh, different companies have got to negotiate, for example, uh, it's meant to be one place where all the key terms of a deal can be noted down. You're creating, in effect, a deal dossier, which both sides can reference as they go along. And the idea of it is that we use it to stamp out uh, confusion and eliminate assumptions. So one side can say, I this is the price and the other side can say yes i agree or no i disagree and the big thing is we're keeping a record of who said what so it can be referenced down the line that's great yeah so let's just do a quick outline of uh what we're going to talk about today um okay so we're going to stay on this topic of virtual negotiation that's going to be our first great. thing we're going to talk mm -hmm. about how we can negotiate when the person isn't in front of us um, yes and then we're going to transition into the second topic which is mm -hmm. going to be how we can stamp out confusion in these in communication and i think that's mm -hmm. more important now than ever where we're Agreed. forced to work remotely so often and mm -hmm. negotiate remotely Remotely as well. Yeah. And so uh, for the listeners, I know you're usually used to three topics, but today we're focusing on two and we're going really deep. And so uh, this is going to be a fun one. So yes, virtual negotiation, where should yeah. we even start <laughs> with that? That's a great question, you know, and I've been thinking about this one coming into this episode and thinking, um, now we are deliberately labeling virtual negotiation as virtual negotiation, but thinking back at my career, like how much of what I used to just label negotiation was actually virtual negotiation. I've been doing it unwittingly. Um, 
is quite interesting and I, I don't know what the answer is but I wonder in percentage terms like how much of it used to be face-to-face -face and how much virtual and uh, I don't know if you've if you've had any similar thoughts Kwame Absolutely. Yeah. One of my uh, good friends, Kel Jensen, um, he does a lot of oh, yeah. research on this and uh, he's from Thunderbird School of Management and he, he was actually a guest in February 2020. So if you okay. are interested in uh, learning how to build trust, uh, his episode was really good. And um, he did a study and he found that about 70% of the negotiations that we have, and this is before COVID, 70% mm. were occurring virtually. And so um, that's so that means only 30% were occurring in person. Um, mm. And so it shows us that this situation that we found ourselves in earlier this year just really made it incredibly obvious. But like you said, upon mm. further reflection, we've been doing this a lot anyways. Yeah, okay, that's really interesting. And I bet then for me, I, I was spending so much more time preparing for face-to-face -face negotiations but when actually those statistics are suggesting that I was doing a lot more, you know, virtual negotiation, which I should have been spending more time preparing for uh, as well. So, exactly. yeah, yeah, it's really interesting how, um, yeah, this COVID situation is making us really, this, like you said, uh, very apparent how much negotiation is virtual. Absolutely. And so yeah. for the audience, what are some things to keep in mind when, when we're having these conversations when the person isn't directly in front of us in person? Yeah. But I think the, the biggest one which always comes to mind is tone. People can read an email. People can read some point of negotiation multiple different ways. And I call it like the pants principle. So I'm from the UK. And in UK, pants are underwear. Okay, and in America, pants are trousers or long pants. Okay, so I say if I'm talking about pants, I should assume that you're thinking of the opposite to what I'm thinking of. So how do I get rid of that assumption? I ask you and I clarify. Um, so if I just put pants in an email, I should assume that you're going to think of the wrong one. And I think so. You should always assume that someone's going to misunderstand you. So you should take double the amount of time and attention to make sure that someone does understand you uh, when it's virtual negotiation. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Really and I think, point. yeah, I think actually you lead by example in this one, Kwame. In the email you sent out to me before we did this podcast, uh, one of the questions was, you know, is there anything which you think we need to ha have more clarity on? And, you know, by asking those type of questions up front, then it helps avoid confusion down the line. So I think tone, uh, trying to preempt confusion is very important too. Right. You know, you know yeah. what's really interesting is that the, the principles that apply in virtual negotiation are in large part seem to be just really extreme versions of what we need to do well in in-person communication. And yeah. so, for example, the example you gave was fantastic, where we assumed that the person didn't understand. So we'd have to take a little bit more, um, more time to make sure that we're on the same page. In person, a lot of times, it's, it's kind of obvious. And so we yep. can continue on. But we have to stick really closely and ho hold firm to those fundamentals in virtual negotiations, because it's so easy to make sure to, to find ourselves in a situation where we're not fully understanding each other. 
definitely yes um i totally agree and i think once you do come to understand it, it's very important to keep a record of what that understanding is as well and then uh, make it accessible to both sides so really i think to sum up uh, this part is my key things that i think about when it comes to virtual negotiations are tone um confusion and assumptions and like recording whatever we do agree on so yeah that's a really great point and i think that provides us with a nice seamless transition into stamping out the confusion when it comes to communicating effectively during virtual negotiations. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So I think um, effective communication or, you know, the way I think about it is collaboration. Um, it, one of the most important things anyone can do is control the circumstances. So if you're going to be having a phone call, for example, try and choose a quiet room to have that phone call, try and choose a good audio line so a person can hear you. Um, if you are negotiating in a text-based way, try and choose the best medium to uh, negotiate with that person. Email is great if it's one-to-one, -one, but if we're negotiating with many different people from different departments across different geographies, perhaps, maybe it's not the most scalable way and you need to use some a solution uh, which is more asynchronous and allows people to access that information whenever they require it. Um, also, I think it's really just heart back to that point I just made about controlling what you can control and never assuming that someone understands you. I'll say that again. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I really like the point that you made about the scalability issues with email. And so for the listeners who are out there having negotiations that are a little bit more complex, where there are multiple people involved in uh, an email chain, can you go a little bit deeper on the issues with scalability? The problem with email as a collaboration platform is that it doesn't scale very well. So, for example, uh, email one-on-one. -on -one. If I'm emailing you, Kwame, it's fine. But if I'm emailing you and two of your colleagues, uh, it's likely that not all of your colleagues are going to be relevant to that email chain, which means maybe they won't read it. And at the time, I write something on my email chain, which maybe I do want them to read because the last one wasn't relevant, they're not going to read this one. So how can you send an email to someone with uh, ensuring that they've read it? And there lies the big problem is that you can't ensure that someone's going to read it unless you do something very offensive like writing capital letters you must read this but that's not gonna that's not gonna get you trust or help build a relationship so that's some of the problems with email also um people tend to use email as like a repository of facts so I, i'm sure we've all seen it it's like we're on a negotiation and someone's like oh let me just pull up that email and what do they do they search in their search bar you know, uh, contract with Amazon and 10,000 emails come up because it's got all their Amazon purchases in it as well. And it's just not an effective way to score, uh, to record deal points. So I think email is great for some things, but using it as a negotiation tool, uh, probably not. And people should look to use tools which are more suited to recording the important parts of a negotiation um, and allowing other people to be informed of those important parts. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. 
Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Medtronic. Medtronic is dedicated to the pursuit of life-transforming healthcare technology. From artificial intelligence to robotics and beyond, health tech is reinventing what's possible. Every year, Medtronic improves the lives of 74 million people, and we're just getting started. Visit Medtronic.com to learn more. Yeah, that's great. And I think when we did um, the negotiation summit, and that's actually where we met, yes. um, that was something that came out a lot. People's frustrations around emails and how it is a limited form of communication, but people rely too heavily on it. And it's not necessarily that the tool is bad, but if you bring a hammer to a, a dinner party, um, that tool would not function <laughs> as, exactly. as effectively. And so yeah. for... Let's, let's break this up into two parts. So mm-hmm. let's say there's a, a portion of the audience where they're working on deals where they don't have a, a tool like Common Page. And then let's address it for people who do have a tool like Common Page. So for people who don't have Common Page, what are some things that they can do to use email more effectively in their negotiations? Yeah, 100%. So I think less with email is always better. So what I say to some of my team is, okay, we are using email. Let's not send that email right now to our customer or our partner. Let's wait until the end of the day and just try and send them one email containing all that information. So that they only have one email to read. So I think a lot of the ways, you know, put yourself in the shoes of a person who's going to get that email. If they receive five emails from you in one day, that's a lot of burden on them. If they receive one email with all those five points in, that's less and it's more satisfactory for them to read. Um, and I think, you know, writing, this great tool. So, you know, people, uh, some people are great with grammar, some people aren't. And I'm one of those people who aren't. So I've downloaded a tool at Chrome extension called Grammarly, uh, which makes my writing easier for others to read. And that's why I do it. I don't do it to try and appear smarter and make my vocabulary better. I do it so people can read my emails better. And so I think that's definitely a couple of things people can do. Uh, I think being judicious with who you include in CC. um, If someone needs access to that email, do it. But if it's just to let someone know something or be because basically only include people in CC who really need to be there. Don't do it just to like, oh, in case. And I think that raises another good point about email. That um, When you send an email, it can feel like, oh, that's it. It's job done now. I've sent the email. I don't have to worry about that anymore. But that's not really it. And sometimes the harder thing can be do is not send an email and create a document or a repository like with some of the other online tools. Like even if it's putting stuff in Microsoft Excel, sending it out that way or Google Docs, that's fine as well. This is great. And I I think the most powerful thing that you said there is that we should try to send fewer emails. 
right <laughs> yeah, maybe a bit like you know and i should just talk less as well <laughs> <laughs> it's a great point though because yeah. no i cannot think of one time where somebody's like i wish they would have sent me more emails right and so if you have that mentality it'll force you to be a lot more efficient with that communication definitely so there's a question for both of us actually if you limited yourself and your team to only sending 10 emails a day you know how amazing would those emails be and it's like yeah um it'd be pretty interesting because every email would have to be golden um yeah that's a great point and now for the people who have the opportunity to use a tool like common page how would they go about utilizing that to make their negotiation communication a little bit clearer Great question. So first of all, uh, we definitely want Common Page to be utilized by as many people as possible, as many companies. So we're keeping a price, uh, you know, it's on a lower end and people can sign up for a free account for Common Page for their own personal use. Uh, that being said, people who are using Common Page and are getting the most value out of it, how they're using it is to define the key points of a deal. So if they are negotiating the purchase of a restaurant, for example, uh, they're going to create a, a common page between them and the people they're buying a restaurant from where they break down into chunks the key terms. So it could be price, closing date, interest rate from a bank where they invite in all the key collaborators. But one of the most important things people do is they assign each chunk to relevant people. So because we've got finance people, lawyers, business people involved, we only want them to have to ne negotiate on the points which are relevant to them. So you assign the correct chunks. And really what we're doing here is we're creating a trusted, transparent environment which helps you conclude a deal faster because we're supercharging at point. You know, you, Kwame, you know, like when you're negotiating well with someone, you can just feel that you have a transparent, trusted relationship. And that's sort of where we want to get to common page. And it's funny how technology can actually help with that by um, giving transparency actually helps build a better trusted real world relationship. Absolutely. That's so interesting. And, and the more that I think about it, the clearer it becomes uh, of how that could be valuable, where you, you have the specific points, you can at least, I, I think that's just great, just in terms of um, building value and clarity and maybe coming up with an agenda for a negotiation, where you actually take the time to list out all of the key terms that need to be addressed, and everybody can see what needs to be addressed, where you are in that portion of the negotiation. And then if you are only focused on one element of the negotiation, you don't need to be distracted with everything else. You could just focus on your one element. I think that's a really great way to, to bring teams together and negotiate effectively. Exactly. And one interesting point is that um, really at Common Page, we're not reinventing a wheel. Uh, every team or division I've ever worked with, there's always that superstar in that organization who negotiates really well. And oftentimes you'll find that they just have really good processes. And so Common Page, to talk about scalability, we've almost um, scaled that super user. And we allow like a manager to create templates on that super user's process. And they can annotate those templates with notes on like why we're doing this here, what we're trying to succeed, what we're trying to achieve. And now I'm thinking out loud, but you know, with all your knowledge, Kwame, maybe this is something we should work on together. 
that sounds really, really cool. The, again, like the, the more that I think about it, the, the more obvious it becomes because um, I'm thinking about it even in terms of uh, lawyers and law firms. A lot of times you have uh, young attorneys who just passed the bar and graduated and now they're matriculating into the real world and um, they don't know what to do. <laughs> and yeah. so if you could kind of embed the wisdom of the the partners into these these deal points i think you could have attorneys being able to operate with higher levels of self-sufficiency earlier on in their career and so yeah, yeah we should definitely collaborate on that to, to yeah. find a way to uh to to put some little notes in a template for the audience i think that would be really cool definitely yeah um yeah that'd be cool because then the listeners they could see the template but just seeing sometimes you need the wisdom as well as you put it so then you could maybe you know because you're the expert here you could get the negotiation wisdom from you or like it'd be like Kwame says or in this situation yeah that'd be cool yeah, that'd be, like yeah so listeners keep an eye out for that eventually yeah. that will come uh, a, a common page template which would walk you through how to have a negotiation and then we'll have uh, little points in there deal points for me too so yeah. keep your eye out for that that'll that'll be coming down the pike at some point. Yes. Yes. We'll, let's hold ourselves to that one. Fantastic. Well, yeah. uh, we're coming up here on time, but I uh, want to give you an opportunity again to, to let the listeners know who you are or what you do and, and most importantly, how they can get in touch with you. Great. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so Tom Eisner, founder of Common Page. We're trying to eliminate confusion from external collaboration. And one of the biggest areas we find that involved is negotiations. Uh, they can get in touch with me at TE9. So that's Tom Eisner 9, TE9 at commonpage.com or via our website, commonpage.com. Uh, this has been really fun and I really appreciate your time, Kwame, and thank you for inviting me. And listeners, I love to collaborate. And honestly, uh, actually, we're growing quite fast as a company. So if any of your listeners, uh, you know, unfortunately, be furloughed or anything like that, uh, get in touch and let's see if there's some way we can work together, perhaps. Fantastic. Tom, thank mm -hmm. you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations. You've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.